Dude. What's up, man? Just chilling in sunny Boca Raton, Florida. It is sunny down here. It is. It's sunny up there, though, too, isn't it? It is. Nashville. You're not even in Nashville. I'm outside of You can't even say I live in Nashville. I don't want to say I live in Nashville. Why would you ever want to say you live in Nashville? I'm sorry, David. You shouldn't say that. Maybe if you're in the music industry. There's a lot of people in the music industry up there. There's a lot of music industriers. Now, how many people... (laughs) We chatted a little bit about this last night. How many people are in the music industry? All of them. All of them. All of the people in all of the land. Everybody who works at Walmart. Everybody. Everybody who serves breakfast in the morning. Everybody who delivers mail. Are the mailmen looking to be country music stars? Well, they deliver the mail to people in the music industry, which means... Do you think they're that, in the music industry? Do you think they slide like their little MP3 thing in there, you know, in the in the mail? <laughs> <you know? laughs> like they go by the big producer. Just check out this. I just put a couple notes in there. Just just check it out, yeah. man. Check it out. <laughs> well, you live out in the middle of nowhere though now. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot more nowhere than than Boca. Oh yeah. Does it feel good? I love it. You do. Do you I do. don't have to see anyone ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. Like, you can go a week without seeing anybody, theoretically. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Have you done that yet? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I have. You have, haven't you? Yeah. I put this little uh, alarm system on my driveway so I get notified anytime somebody's coming up. Like, they just, as they roll on... Is it the little laser one? Or don't tell anybody. Yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't want to tell anybody what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But, but there's uh, an alarm. Does it? Is it like a notification alarm? Oh, no. It goes out through the whole house. And like it's like, whoop, 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 whoop. Is it that intense? No. I mean, but the dogs know it now. Griffin's ready to tear some shit up if he has to. That dog's ferocious, bro. He's a mean dude. I, I'm telling you what. Like, I would not want to mess with that dog. He's getting meaner in his old age. I'm sure he is, just like we are. He's 77. Although I'm not getting me. He's 77. Yeah. That's dog ears, right? Yep. You know, people say that seal ears are equal to dog ears. Well, then I should be dead <laughs> again. <laughs> Sean, Ryan, what's up, brother? I'm just happy to be here. Dude, I can't it's even thank you enough. Weekend. It has been. Yeah. It has been. I'm glad we spent two days chilling first. Yeah, me too. I mean, that would have been a big difference to just come in that day, that night. You walk in, we get on this thing, and we just go for there. Straight to business. Straight to business. Yeah. Yeah, That I'm glad we didn't do I that. I like a little playtime. We did. You know? We did. Yeah, for sure. And you got to you got to hang out with the kids and, and Jonna, and that's awesome. It bro. was. Yeah, we appreciate it. Well, Thank you, guys. Yeah, you're welcome, man. But let's get down to it, shall we? Let's do it. All right, first question, man. Listen, when you're you're 17 years old and you're living in St. Louis, and you know you're you're putting the your dad through some significant challenges from <laughs> what yeah. we call it <laughs> from whatever dropping from the sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and fireworks, booze, and porn. <laughs> Stashed in the ceiling. <laughs> I mean, what else do you need? You know, as a teenager. as a seventeen-year-old kid, man. Nowadays, it's like it's a, it's a, it's ten times as intense, right? Yeah. Right? They're not they're not just hiding hiding old playboys in the ceiling. They're not just you know they're not just 
skimming off a dad beer here and there, a little bit of vodka. I mean, they're going full blown. Kids nowadays, they have they have terabytes worth of pornography, right? They have they have every type of opiate drug you can imagine. They have they have uh, uh, all different kinds of illegal stuff, and it's you know. And it's not in their ceiling. It's they have their own lockbox, right? Their own their own safe in the room that yeah. that that parents aren't allowed to touch. Fingerprint entry, <laughs> right? Their yeah. own private stash, if you will. Yeah, I don't know. That's not right, man. But all right, so you're in that space, and all of a sudden, what in your wildest dreams? Why would you ever want to take the person that you were? And that you would become your identity, who, you know, how you saw yourself as it related to where you grew up, your neighborhood, the people, your friends, and just flip that on its friggin' head and join the Navy to become a Navy SEAL. Why, why would you ever want to do that? I think for a lot of reasons. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I was a horrible student. So, I mean, how bad is horrible? So uh, I would say anywhere from D's to B's. D's to B's. That's yeah. a good range, though. You know? That's respectable. But it was always like I would get a whole bunch of D's, and then I would get some uh, some motivation from my <laughs> from my dad to bring the grades up a little bit, and they'd rise. You know, it's like the yeah. stock market, right? They rise and fall. They call and, that uh, volatility yeah. in the stock market. Yeah. <laughs> And then we had a crash. So <laughs> now yeah. was it was it like the world famous crashes of all the people you hear about? Like, oh, he, he had two choices, right? The judge let him gave him two choices: you either go to jail or you go in the military. Was it was it like that, or was it just? It wasn't that. Bad. It was an internal crash. It was. Um, I felt like I really disappointed everyone, for one, you know, because I really didn't. I mean, I just. I just didn't give a shit about school at all. The The only reason I would even attempt to pull my grades up was to get ungrounded so that I could, uh, you know, get back to the party life. <laughs> but, um, and that was it. I didn't care about anything anybody was saying in class. I just, there's not, nothing really interested me outside of art. And, um, really? Yeah. Really? Did you like to draw? Did you like to paint? Did you? What was it about? All of it. All of it. Yeah. Really? I just like the creative outlet. I think I'm not any good at any of it, but uh, <laughs> but uh, that's the only class that I really enjoyed. Maybe PE. I don't think they have that. Anymore. Now, were you? What kind of art were you? Were you doing? I mean, were you just sketching on your on your on your classroom desk? You know, those old desks we'd sit in. Yeah. Or, or were you? Did you have like? reams of hidden notebooks in your in you know stashed with your porn and all the other stuff <laughs> no with that all wasn't your, that intense yeah, it was just you like to draw yeah i just like drawing and painting and and uh i just like to be creative wow you know? and uh that, that was pretty much the only class that i excelled really in. enjoyed all right so you hit this point your old man looks at you and he's he's did he put the put you to it i mean or did did he run you an ultimatum or was it in your own head? Oh, no, it was in my own head, you know, and I I got off track there. But um, no, I, I, I mean, ever since I was just a little little dude, you know, I was playing with G.I. Joe's, you Me know, too. it's like as early as I can remember. 
you know, I was building forts and shit, buying, <laughs> buying, did saving you wear, my did money you, to go did buy you go, string. Did you go to like to the, make the, a bow and arrow? <laughs> like, did you go to like the local like uh, um, uh, what you would call place the the Navy like the Army surplus store and get the camis and have the face paint? Did you go that route? Did you go full tilt? Yeah, but I mean, my dad when I was in uh, fourth grade, he in well, I didn't enlist. He commissioned in the army, so uh, you know I would gank his uniforms and shit like that, run around. But uh, yeah, if I wasn't playing with GI Joes, then uh, I was out in the woods carving spears and making bow and arrows and <laughs> building punji pits. Yeah, how many punji pits did you be- build and leave out there? Right, a lot. <laughs> how many punji? How many punji pits with what do you call them? The tiger, tiger. Tiger things or whatever. How many random punji pits are still scattered around the country, right? From when the first time you watch Rambo or whatever. Yeah. You know? More. I mean, people are still probably still finding them today. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, all that stuff. You know, I was always interested in it. And then back then there was Desert Storm. You know, mm-hmm. and so, and I hated reading. I still can't stand reading to this day. You know, I wish I was. Wish I did, but uh, I just don't have the attention span. And um, <clears throat> but I would just buy all these magazines and picture books and shit of all the guys deployed to you know in Desert Storm. And you know then um, we came back from Germany and moved to Chillicothe, Missouri, which is not right outside St. Louis. Actually, about three hours, I think. And uh, a small farm town, and you said six thousand people. Yeah, something right around. Couple stoplights, Dairy Queen, and that's about it. Yeah, we, I mean the big, uh, big thing to do in town is you know go to Walmart. So <laughs> it's, I mean, it's the kind of place where you know they open the super Walmart, shut down the regular one, and uh, they cancel school so the band can go play. You know, <laughs> for for the opening. But uh, once I got there, you know my. I pretty much, I, you know, I was more into getting drunk and chasing women and that kind of shit. And uh, and uh, it got to the point where, you know, I, I don't know what age, maybe a ju- sophomore, junior, you start looking at what schools you want to go to. And and they start having, the, you know, career days and college days. And um, no, I think the only reason it really interested me at all was because everybody else was looking at school and and uh, you know what colleges they were going to go to and that I didn't, peer that peer pressure, man. Yeah, and um, I mean I didn't have the grades for it <clears throat> to get in, anyways. I don't think, right. let, let alone with any you know financial assistance. And um, my dad was really unhappy with my. Performance. Academic performance, <laughs> and um, you know, basically, it it turned into a big argument, and I had already been talking to the recruiters the whole time. Really? Yeah. Do you remember the first day you went in? Yeah. Do you remember I, what the recruiter office looked like? Was it in a strip mall? Was it in? Was it in? Where was it? I mean, it was. They were all in a line, um, right next to each other. Yeah. Um. Actually, the first one was the was uh the army and uh they weren't having it and then the navy and the marine corps recruiter were right next to each other so uh navy was actually the last thing on my mind i was like uh, 
I don't want to be in, you know, chip and paint. I want to go to war. I don't, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? And, um, which is why I picked the army. Cause I was watching platoon and apocalypse now and, the Discovery seminal, Channel the and, seminal influences, right, of a young boy, yeah. you know, trying to figure out what his masculinity looks like. Commando, right? <laughs> Rambo, all those, you know, and uh, but I really liked the more what I consider the more realistic ones, like Platoon and yeah. Apocalypse Now, and uh, and the Vietnam era. Just, I mean, always like infatuated me. Yeah, me too. And um, anyways, Army was like, ah, oh, you're going infantry. You, you got to go infantry. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I want to be a, a ranger or a green beret. No. Nope. So I was like, all right, well, kiss my ass. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> doing it. I'm just going to go, you know, I want to do this. And uh, I wanted to be special operations. And so I went to the Marine Corps. Same thing. I had heard about uh, recon. And, you know, they gave me the sales, the sales spiel. Yep. And, uh, I wasn't buying that, and the Navy recruiter popped his head out and asked me if I had ever thought about being a SEAL. Being someone special. Yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, so I got a pamphlet, went home, researched it, uh, watched all the Discovery Channel specials. and um, Was it the old one of the guys coming up? They all had the Tom Selleck mustaches. They're popping out. Yeah. It's out. Pepper yeah. Tagles on the front yeah. of that. Yeah. Like yeah. the 90s one. Yeah. And uh, do you know Herschel Davis? Oh, yeah. So he was my neighbor. In St. Louis. Herschel Davis. Herschel Davis was, was your my neighbor. Get out of here. So I saw this special and I He's see. He's in it. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, that's my neighbor. So um, I went to try to talk to him and he was. Didn't want to He'd already checked out. So, <laughs> but I remember seeing this guy, and he, he was lived not on a, mentoring your ass. No, he no, he was like checked out, as in like packed all his shit and moved to California or I don't right, know where. Right, but right. um, he had this corner lot. And everybody used to drive through his yard. We called it yard farming, and I used to see this crazy old man out there setting all these booby traps up and shit, trying to <laughs> trying to catch who. Who was uh, oh, driving was through doing his it. yard? Yeah. I always thought he was a crazy old man, and then turns out he was there a he is on Discovery. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, holy shit! He's one of the baddest dudes in the team. I've still never met him to this yeah. day, and um, but uh, yeah. So, anyway, so I decided that's what I wanted to do, and uh, went and started doing what I needed to do to get into MEPS, yeah. you know, and uh, ASVAB whole deal. Yeah, did you score well in the ASVAB? Uh, I don't remember, yeah, man. I, yeah. I, I, Scored I, know enough. I, I know I'm not an ASVAB waiver, <laughs> but, but I don't know how much higher I am. Man. But, um, yeah. So and then, and then, uh, me and my dad got into a tiff, you know, and, uh, over grades and he had pretty much, uh, expressed that, uh, he wasn't going to pay for my school and, and I mean, shit, I don't blame him. I wouldn't have. Either. Yeah. And uh, I, I said, oh, well, I don't fucking need you to pay for school because this is what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm going know? to be a SEAL. Yeah. And uh, that immediately uh, changed the tone of everything. With him? Yeah. The relationship? Yeah. Well, That's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, I mean, I, just, I mean, I couldn't 
I mean, if I was a dad and I was pissed off about grades and, you know, I mean, he was not happy. No. And then and then something like that came out of my kid. I mean, that's like, you know, talk about getting blindsided. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that let was ask, on. Let me let me ask you this. One of, the, one of the things that I remember so vividly was that I knew I needed to do something different. I knew I needed to challenge myself in a much more profound way, right? But there was a part of me that was still very rooted in this fear that I didn't know what I was going to become. I didn't know who I could measure up to. I didn't have any idea how I was going to rate against the success of my father, the success of, of, of you know, all these other things. And I had this fear, but I knew that if I went towards the fear, right, I embraced the fear a little bit, that somehow, some way, that journey was going to teach me more about what I wanted to know. Did, did you, were you afraid of this decision at all, or were you just so gung-ho to get away from your current environment, and you just felt like in that space, whatever it looked like out there, right, yeah. whatever you had, whether it was Rogue Warrior or any, you know, Charlie Sheen, whatever you had imagined— and created for what the SEAL teams could be? Were you afraid of that at all? No, not at that. I didn't start getting scared until it was, like, on the plane to Buds from Virginia Beach. From Virginia Beach, yeah. And because uh, I did, you know, I that was when we had to do the A school thing. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, I, it just, it never, it seemed so far away. Actually, I take that back. Screen test was an eye-opener. Yeah. You know, I failed mine in boot camp the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that was the art pock of my thing and all that, dude. It was miserable. I was like, "Oh shit!" Damn. Yeah. No, I I didn't uh, I didn't have any problems with the screen test, but you know, once I uh, had something to focus my energy on, and, and you got to remember too, I was fucking seventeen years that, old. That's what blows my mind. Because I remember all the kids that came through, right? The, the, the Just fresh out of high school, fresh out of, I mean, still going through puberty, essentially, yeah. right? And the one that really sticks out in my mind above all others, aside from you, right? You and, and this other guy were the, the ones that I just were vivid, right? W was Nick Hawks. And Nick was from Indiana. You know, he was this, he was a, you know, five foot whatever 130 pounds soaking wet and he walked around with this bravado and this he was you know this confidence in him that I was I, it was in it was I, I was so it was so um confusing to me because here inside my own head I'm I'm riddled with fear you know am I gonna fall off the slide for life am I gonna get singled out today am I gonna fail my run am I get like every day I just have this fear of I'm gonna do something wrong it's gonna end you know what I mean and this kid's just either he was so cocky or self-confident or it just he could hide that fear just really well I, I you know I still to this day he, he's like I, I just I said I don't care. Whatever happens, happens. Did you have some of that as that with that youth? Well, in buds, yeah, I was getting scared, you know, but I wasn't. Uh, I mean, 
I wasn't scared of any particular evolution, but yeah, I was I was scared shitless of what my peers thought. I mean, that's one of the first things they ingrained into you. And the, when was I, this? Is a real profound thing, and I I don't mean to cut you off, but this is the thing that I really don't think uh, the, the the world that pays attention to you and I and all the other guys out there doing stuff like we do, or whether it's Rangers or whatever. They don't recognize the magnitude of what that peer evaluation is like. And when was the first time you really felt the intensity of that? Do you remember? I remember the first time I really realized how intense it could be was when um, I had a weak weak guy and very obviously weaker than everybody else in the boat crew. And I was log PT. And, uh, you know, and I remember feeling like that anger and hatred towards that individual. And then I remember getting punished as a team uh, for him. And then I remember, like, all of us bonding together and literally, like, literally kicking him <laughs> and and trampling over him. Like, you're not doing us any good. And the instructors would be over-focused on another boat crew doing log PT. And I mean, we'd push him down, and like then it would, you know, you're always running with those things. Yeah. We'd literally run over him, kick sand <laughs> on him, until he was gone. Because he just, he was. I mean, not only was he not putting out, but then we're getting extra attention, you know, because of <clears throat> which it. is extra Punishment. pain and suffering, and essentially PT because of him. So we just wanted to get rid of him and then get the next guy in, you know. For me, that's the fascinating aspect, right? Everybody, you know, if if you're not used to it or if you never lived with it, you hear a story like that and you're like, my God, that's pretty harsh. But but what you're what people are not assimilating when they hear that is the intensity that you feel that you have these instructors, these these gods, right? These mm-hmm. guys that were, you know, steely hide killers, right, all around you and they're Later, you know, none of that is true, but, you know, they're all around you in their sh- their blue shirts and their shorts and they're just hard as nails. And you're like, I can't show them my fear. So I need to be I need to protect that and I need to be vicious like I think they need to be. And you're like, oh, you're not going to measure up here. Why don't you take my boot in the back of your head? And why don't you quit, by the way, when yeah. you're suffering? You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and it and it happens so quickly. It's not like it takes years for all of a sudden this mindset to click in, right? This this intense uh, uh, offensive state of survival. It happens like that. Yeah. W- were there any other parts that you really felt that there was a distinguished difference between those who could embrace their fear and become stronger within that than those, uh, you know, those the guys that just they couldn't they couldn't bear the burden of that evaluation process from internally your boat crew or instructors. Uh, I mean, I think the process. Well, the process starts really fast, but you, there's like I feel like there's steps to it. I don't still I still don't understand it completely because I was never you know uh, attached to training, but. Um, you know, I saw that, the hatred that we had. And then I worried, like, oh, shit. Like, that's real. I don't want to be that guy. 
And then no matter who you are, they make you that. The instructors find a way to make you that guy. Even if you are the baddest motherfucker in the class, <laughs> they will make you look like the biggest shitbag. Period. And, you know, and uh, and I remember when they made me look like the biggest shitbag, that, uh, I mean, that's that's no fun. No. You know, and it, it does get to, it gets to, it got to me. You well, know? I, I remember. But they passed, you know, they they, they move pass along. it around. They pass They're it around. Along. Yeah. <clears throat> For me, it was really like once you settle in, you make it through Hell Week, you know, which is in and of itself got this immense component of fear. But once you're through it, you're like, whoa, okay. I, I know now I'm not going to get killed. I know now it's training. I, my body can go a lot further. But it's funny, you know, the more, the further in you go, that sense of evaluation, right? That sense of 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 um, peer review intensifies. It doesn't fall off. It gets right? worse. It gets worse and worse and worse. And I remember I graduate buds, my class, my jump class isn't for like four months. And so there was out of two oh nine, there I think there was like I think there was nine of us that were medics. And so we we're gonna our medic class started that summer. So we they put junk class right before. So they sent, they broke us up on the West Coast. They sent five, four of us to Team Five, you know, couple to Team One, couple to Team Three. Well, I went to Team Five, and they immediately put me in in the uh, Mastered Arm Shack. And every day, all day, I was cleaning the toilets, cleaning up cigarette butts around the platoon huts, and just getting hammered as a new guy. And it was it was vicious. Mm-hmm. It was like, I mean, and I remember, like, holy shit. Wait a minute, I'm a buds graduate. Wait a minute, I'm a tough dude, and it was ten times worse. Yeah. Do you remember that, like going from SQT to your team and what that was like? Uh, I mean, it was. I didn't know what the hell to expect at all. Um, I didn't know anybody in uh, that was there already. You know, um, I was just buddies with the guys that were in my class. But uh, we showed up, and I show I checked in with a friend. Um, <clears throat> we drove over together to teammate, and um, I mean, it was. I remember meeting my platoon chief, and I was like, "Oh shit! Like this is this is the real deal here," you know. And then, but I was like, right out the door, it was like, "Oh yeah, you're going. Hey, welcome to SEAL teammate. There's your locker. Here's your orders. Get the fuck out of here. You're going to armory school." <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. See ya. Where's armory school? <laughs> yeah. and, um, Is it across the street? Yeah, they're like, oh, it's no. In Indiana. It's, a, it's in Indiana. You got to be there in three days or whatever it was. And I was like, how do I get there? You know, but uh, they don't tell you <laughs> they anything. They don't tell you anything. And I'm like, well, shit. All right. I guess I'm going to Bloomington, Indiana or wherever. Yeah. Crane. Yeah. And um, so... And and I never really got then I then the next time I got really nervous and uh, was when when we platooned up to go to land warfare yeah and we uh, we you know we came out of Prodev which was the schools and I showed up probably on the ass end of Prodev mm-hmm. so there wasn't like a whole six months of hey you're going to sniper school comm school JTAC or I'd got like one quick boring school and then um, that was it yeah and then we were going to land warfare. And that's, you know, that's the first time you see the whole platoon at once. And uh, that's when I was like, oh, shit, man. There's, like, only a handful, only a couple of us new guys. And, like, 
you know, this is um, post 9-11. So it's real. Yeah. Some of these guys had already been there and back. Yeah. And um, and uh, then we were going to be this was this was before. Man, so many things happened. I can't remember the names of all of them, but this was at Force 21. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but right before it kicked in. So we were going to be in a strike platoon, which was like uh, on a ship, mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know because I never did one. <laughs> but anyways, they did away with it. And they're like, you're going to Afghanistan. And it was like, oh, shit. All right. And uh, then right after that, the surge happened, mm -hmm. you know. So then we we got transferred immediately over to Team 2. And it was you're out the door and you're not going to Afghanistan. You're going to Europe. But, man, I'm way off track here. But it was. Well, the, the, the big thing that I want everybody to recognize is that and i think what's critical and what i always try and talk about with with frog logic is man with each stage that you mature right because obviously you're going to war mm -hmm. right and you you manage that fear in a really healthy way you come back you gain confidence it keeps building on itself but man that that confidence of of in in the fear that your peers around you are always judging you. Yeah. For me, that was the thing that was so profound. That was the thing that I was like, I was more worried about what my teammates thought of me mm -hmm. than, than worried about whether or not I was going to, you know, my shoot wouldn't open or I'd get shot or blown yeah. up or something like that. That was the biggest fear I had. I used to have nightmares about that. Wow. Like literally I would, you never have one of those where you like, you lost something or you were on an op and you like forgot the fucking radio. Oh, bro. Or you were on an op and you forgot your gun and you're like stuck in this dream and everybody. And then you wake up and you're like, holy shit. Bro. Oh, bro. I lived that <laughs> nightmare, dude. I In yeah. STT, I was in the first conjoined class in STT. We were doing uh, a combat swimmer ops, 32nd Street. It was a ship attack. Me and my, my partner. God bless him, old Cokes. <laughs> We were last ones there. We got totally lost underwater. Last ones there. The whole fan is covered in limpets. The struts are cut. There's no space for us. So we try and wedge it into one little spot, right? We hear a light clink. We're out. We got to get to the rendezvous because we're so far, right? Yeah. Sure as shit. Divers go in, pull them all out. Missing dive pair 42, right? Yeah. Yep. And... And and we had to go back, get back in the water. We searched the entire that whole that oh, whole uh, thing. They had everybody, and then we had to go back. That we, we didn't even go home that night. We went back. Everybody went jocked up. We all jumped back. I mean, it was. And then I was that guy, and yeah. I remember it was debilitating. Yeah, it was I did debilitating. That. I did that. I had one in Kodiak. Yeah, with a rubber gun, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, the whole entire class got to miss out on the bar scene because, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to take a rubber gun seriously when you're humping around the fucking mountains of Kodiak, Alaska, and there's bears and all this shit all over the place. Uh, you know, the, the, the alpha predators or apex predators or whatever. And uh, I use mine as a walking stick <laughs> and, I, and a machete because I couldn't get through it. I just went... <laughs> Zach and throw and, it. Uh, and I lost it. I set it down at a perimeter and forgot it and then had to tell somebody. And uh, 
Yeah, the next thing you know, the whole class is back out there, you know, holding hands, combing the uh, fod walk comb, down in the forest, combing the tundra for a fucking rubber weapon. But uh, but, you know, it starts real quick. You know, I mean, shit. First phase right after Hell Week. What do you get? You get peer evaluations yep. and you write down the top five people in your class and the top and the bottom five people. Yeah. And you never want to write anybody. I was so thankful we didn't have to do that when I was in. That came later when you, when you guys were going through. I think it's important, I, but I, it really sets the tone. Like, don't fuck around, right? You know, and uh, and and I remember hearing, you know, your reputation is everything. It right. starts now, and they aren't shitting. No, it does start it starts yesterday. You know. Yeah. And uh, the peer evaluations. Uh, was in, was the next thing that really I was like, oh man, like I hope nobody writes my fucking name down, <laughs> you know? But, totally. Uh, and what's I think one of the amazing things, and and again, it goes back. There's a, a this common uh, perception of of our community of the teams and what our culture is all about is this wonderfully cohesive, supportive organization that through thick and thin, no matter what, you're always going to be able to count on each other. And, you know, and that is absolutely true when you are downrange for the most part, I wouldn't call it absolutely true. There's always the fraction of percent that there might be the one turd that's there. But, but man, when, when you're not in that one individual space and time, and that evaluation, it, it loiters, it lingers, it carries with you into relationships, it carries with you into your friends that aren't in the military, and it just becomes this thing that just stays with you year after year after year. I mean, even to the point where, man, I, I, I still sometimes feel that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that pressure still to this day? Oh, yeah. Uh, all the time. Yeah. Thank you, fucking social media. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not joking though. Right. Because I mean, yeah, I do feel it. You know, it's oh, I didn't do as many years as him or this guy. You know, I mean, the, I mean, look, the honest truth about the SEAL teams, it's like a fucking sewing circle. We're like a bunch of sixth, sixth grade girls talking <laughs> shit about each other, and um. But yeah, you know, on social media, I mean, you you reunite almost with guys that you haven't seen. I mean, shit, I'm whatever you want to call it, Instagram relationships or uh, right. you know, social media relationships with people that I haven't seen and I mean, shit, 10 10 years plus. Oh, dude, know? I'm I'm longer than that, man. I mean, I'm I've been out since since the the depression and and it's right. It's, but it's so funny. I think it's it's a component of society that it really permeates across all all, you know, all organizational cultures, right? And especially if you come from one particular uh, culture that's considered above the rest, right? Mm -hmm. There's this perception of what it is, but there's also this reality of what it is. And I, for me. You know, it's always been those pressures. It's always been the pressures to live up to something that might not be attainable because it, it becomes almost the, the seal ethos, if you will. And, and that came after after me. But 
I cannot live up to that ethos day in and day out, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days. And so, you know, it took me a long, long time to release myself of that burden, uh, to recognize that I, I, I do fail. I'm not perfect. I do struggle with relationships. I, I sometimes judge in, the, in, in, a, in, a, in a bad way. And so, you know, my question for you is, you know, you, you, did you feel as if you were, it intensified when you went over to the agency uh, at all? Or was, were you so good at managing it then that, you know, because I remember when we connected there, there was a lot of frustration in you. Right. And I remember I was trying to fake it. Right. Yeah. I was trying to pull out this fake attitude from what I was before, which was an angry frogman to now I'm trying to be this happy go lucky guy that can integrate with people that I might not have respect for because they didn't go through SEAL training, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. Like everybody has to be a SEAL to do their job efficiently. And but that's the brainwashing for us. And so what I want to ask you is. Did that carry with you that fear of 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 peer evaluation, and also your your the way you reciprocate that evaluation on other people? Uh, I think, yeah, it definitely carried over, but um, it was different. You know, it was a it was a lot because you know in the teams, it was very confrontational in your face. Not a whole lot of uh, passive aggressiveness, you know, <laughs> and in the agency, it's not like that. No, it's you know? not. Yeah. It's like they're going to fucking hate you. And if they don't want you there, then you won't have any idea until it's, <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, you're on this plane. You know? <laughs> what, what plane? Where window, am I going? Window or aisle. You're going back to headquarters. <laughs> What? Do not return. You know? <laughs> Ever. And uh, so I always kept that in mind, but I, you know, I, I had, we had a standard that I thought needed to be upheld. And when I would see weak links in the team, you bet your ass I would, I would be on them, you mm -hmm. know? And uh, I mean, and I think it was, I, I, I think it, you know, it was needed, you know? In the moment, I agree. I, I and 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 this is something that I struggle with today, right? Especially when I'm out there doing performance coaching with a team or with an individual or whatever. You know, you you people are like, well, how did you guys maintain that focus for as long as you were able to maintain it? And and my answer to always that is, well, there's a couple things, right? One. It, it, the, the, the very real fear of getting killed or getting your buddy killed that keeps you pretty focused, right? Mm -hmm. you're, it's not a game. You're not playing, you're not playing baseball. You're not playing. There's no, you know what I mean? It's real. You're not going to, you're not going to lose a bunch of clients or your, your, your sales are going to go down. If you fuck up, you're going to, someone's going to die. And so that keeps you very focused. And I think because of that, it enables, it creates, I don't know if it's not, a, I don't believe it's a healthy space, but a, a needed space for that intensity of evaluation, that review, that peer process. But now, you know, and then going to work for the agency where they, the peer review is much, it's much more subversive. It comes in, you know, they do it when nobody's thinking, when you don't even think they're doing it, they're, they're writing notes about you or whatever. 
But for me, where the big thing was when I got out, that 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 internal requirement for me to want to evaluate and judge other people and hold them to the seal standard, yeah. like I carried that with me for a long period of time. And it debilitated me mm-hmm. to such a point where I was frustrated all day, every day. Nobody could measure up. No. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody could measure up ordering a latte at Starbucks. Yeah. Nobody could measure up in their vehicle turning in an efficient way to get off the highway, right? I mean, all of these very mundane, normal things that people prefer to go at their own pace and time, I'm losing my mind on. Did you experience a similar thing? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was bad. It was real bad. And, uh, I mean... I d- but then I went right back to the agency, so I, did, I didn't have much time to where it affected me, but I wasn't even working, you know, and uh, I'd, made, I'd made only a couple of friends, but, uh, and I just, I mean, it didn't take long for me to realize, holy shit, I'm uh, not ready for civilian life, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and you well, know, and I was young, you know. I mean, shit. I got in at eighteen, and I was fucking out by twenty-four. Wow. You know, and then back in the agency, I'm gonna bed. I was probably twenty-five. Yeah. You know, so I didn't have much time to for anything to sink in. I was still, you know, doing shit that platoon guys did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. When when you made because. I mean, fear is this interesting thing for all of us. It's all it, it it we all face it because we all have it in our brains, right? We're wired for it. We we've taught, been taught it our whole lives. I think we learn it in a much different way once you go through the program and you go through all that we went through. You uh, you adjust to it differently. But what you do is when you become so efficient at adjusting to fear in one place in your life, it, it you lose perspective on other places, right? with relationships of people that aren't cut from the same cloth. I remember I've, you know, and still to this day, still struggle with those types of relationships, trying to to say, I, I, you know, what do I have in common with these people? Nothing. Why should I even invest myself? I'm just, I'm just going to be let down and frustrated instead of going, man, I should really get to know a different perspective because obviously the perspective I come came from is very dysfunctional once it's outside of the war environment, right? Mm-hmm. How do I learn and adapt? What what have you done for that transition? I know you, you released a video recently about uh, social anxiety and you had those great six tips on it that really I think, are, I mean, it's obvious it's, a lot of people are affected by it. Is, is, is there more than just those six things for you and how you approach that? Or how do you look at that ad, that adaptive necessity and peer review from a whole different way, you know? You can't do the peer review we did in the teams. It's a whole new one now. I mean, I'm still figuring that out. But, um, you know, um, the steps that I took, I mean, honestly – therapy i i i mean you know i was in pretty bad shape yeah and um but finding a therapist and going religiously and at first it wasn't fun it wasn't 
anything I wanted to do, but I just, you know, you can't go through life beating the shit out of everybody that you disagree with or getting your ass kicked, trying to beat their ass and yelling at people. And, uh, you know, and it's, it's fucking hard, man. You know, you see all these fucking books written by SEALs and Green Berets and Delta and Rangers, and it's all these military leadership lessons. And I got to be honest with you, I think it's all bullshit. <laughs> you know, I can't think of one aspect of being a leader in the military that fucking carries over to civilian life because you have repercussions in the military. You can yell at people. You can do pretty much, you know, you can do a lot of things to uh, motivate somebody into doing their job. And you can't do shit like that in the civilian world. It's a gentler, and it, I mean, it's just a different way that you have to learn to, to, to work together. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, people aren't like that, you know? No. 90, I mean, there's a reason why there's one percent, you know, <laughs> but you get these guys coming out to include myself and you try to build a team. And, um, you know, I started my business, you know, uh, what, three or four years ago. And that shit doesn't work at all. Let me ask you this. I, I want to back up because I, I think the, the therapy aspect is a massive. It was massive for me, too. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a pivotal shift in my existence, really. Because even though I had spent, you know, I first started seeing a therapist about two years ago, talking to one regularly, right, when I was going through my divorce. And prior to that, I'd, re I'd read five, six books on post-traumatic stress. I had read, I don't even know how many psychology books. I had, you know, everything you could do to try and evaluate. I'd gotten into my faith. You know, I was trying to, my Christianity, I was, I was doing all the right things, but I wasn't improving. Mm. And, and every aspect of my life was suffering. But when I started talking to Chris, man, and, and thanks to Tyler out there, I really appreciate buddy for introducing me to Chris. Um, it, it was, it was a, 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 a real definitive shift in the recognition that my self-confidence wasn't going to take a beating because I needed help. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've, I worked, I worked so hard from the time in college, going into the teams, building myself up, getting an identity, becoming accomplished, becoming a warrior, all that, all to the, the realization that that just intensified my problems because my problems were inside yep. in my head and in my heart. And I needed to work through that stuff in order to be more, to be able to assimilate better into civilian society. Did you, were you worried about your self-confidence when you went to, when you started going to therapy? I, I Like you would slide way down into the abyss of, of self-loathing, right? Where like two days later you'd be, you'd be cutting or you'd be, you'd be, you know, you know, suicidal inclinations all the time. I mean, was it that extreme? Were you worried about it would be that extreme or were you pretty positive about it? I mean... I was not really that scared to go because I just didn't have anything else left to do. Wow. You know, and uh, and I still didn't even think I needed help. You know, I was really uh, yeah. I had no no fucking clue. And but you know, I did know. Why? I did know. Why? Why did you? Did because you... we because we have that mindset yeah. ingrained. Yeah. 
Me too. Into us. Yeah. You know? I can figure it out. You know, and uh, if I just grit my teeth, yeah, put my head down, yep, keep pushing, you know, keep pushing the dirt forward, yeah, I'll figure it out. Yeah, and um, so I, I mean, it was kind of like I wasn't expecting anything out of it. You know, I was like, well, like, you know, we'll see how this goes, and um, and it it still it took a long time even after I went because you know. What the fuck did I know about therapy? I showed up and I'm like looking at the color of the wall and look, you know, looking at every oh, why is that plant in that particular spot? And uh, and then I thought the only thing I needed to talk about was, you know, combat, which I really didn't even talk much about that. I mean, shit, for the first while, we just sat there and fucking stared at each other, you know, and uh, and then I would open up a little bit. But then, you know, you start talking about once you kind of let them in, you know, and you just start talking about your day. What pissed you off? Why did that piss you off? But it's not. I don't know. You know, for those people that. It's not like it's not like you're playing the, the, the 20 questions game with a therapist. Like, well, why do you feel like that? <laughs> it's not like that. You know, it's not like that. Oh, it's, that was such a relief. Yeah. When I when I felt that, that that's not what it was. Yeah. Right. Where it wasn't going to be so meticulously dissecting every feeling mm -hmm. and every thought. Yeah. When I realized that's not what it was, I too was, had this relief come over me. Yeah. And, and it once, actually opened up my desire to want to continue the dialogue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's when I really started opening up and just, I mean, you're just building a relationship with somebody, essentially, that's really good at, you know, figuring out, you know, the human uh, condition. What, yeah. And, uh, yeah, just I got to the point where, I mean, I got to the point where I looked forward to it, you know. Really? Yeah. Like, I it, was become, like it became like going to the gym where you were going to get gains, right? This was the only routine I had. Wow was to go to therapy. Wow. I didn't have my business at first. I didn't have anything. You know, I wasn't talking to my parents. I wasn't talking to family. I wasn't, you know, all my friends are still at war and or dead. And, uh, you know, and so I didn't have anything to look forward to. I, you know, I wasn't going to the bars. If I was, then it wasn't a good one. You know, it was yeah. down the back alley. But, right. uh you know, looking for a fight. And um, and then and then it got so bad that I was just in my house all the time drinking and punching walls and, you know, the deal. Yeah. But uh, so that was that was the only it was the only the only responsibility I had was to show up on Tuesdays and Thursdays at, you know, whatever time, 1130. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I was there every time, you know, standing tall. Yep. Ready to go. Yep. So, and... Uh, Did you feel, like, I think a, one thing people, we create all these these ideas of what things are going to be, right? Right. What? Oh, if I do this, this is going to happen. If I do this, this is going to happen. If we, we create the reality we imagine that will take place based on our emotional state, right? Mm. Right? And and many times that negative insurgency can just overwhelm us. But did you find yourself when you would walk out of there after that time being 
relieved and, and feeling better and feeling well can you describe some of those emotions? I mean yeah it was always usually it was it took a while to get to that point but usually it was uh relieved um you know but sometimes I would leave and leave pissed off sometimes <laughs> I would leave sad um but for the majority I would say the majority of it uh I just felt like good afterwards you know yeah. and I've a lot of times I've I felt like I was like, shit, I didn't even get to talk about, you know, this thing. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd try to, like, remember it for the next time. But, um, yeah, the majority of the time it was relief. But there was, you know, I mean, they can fire you up, too. <laughs> Holy <laughs> so, cow. Oh, my yeah. God. Dude, you know what I love about it? I love I, – because I, I love that I can be asked questions without any – uh, any of that insinuated pretense, right? That we you'd get, you know, you somebody a teammate or someone they ask you questions. They know what they they want the answer to be. They know what they're looking for. There's a there's an underlying context of yeah. their of their kind of peeling your armor off, right? Yeah. They they want to expose something, and I think a lot of people go through that in their relationships in life. I think we all sometimes, in order to protect our own vulnerabilities. We, you know, we we try and expose other people's vulnerabilities. But in in the when you're in that healthy therapeutic state, man, it's not like that. Yeah. Right. They're building your self confidence up with your by having you be more introspective. So you know, one of the one of the the beautiful aspects of it is, I think, is what people you walk out of therapy and. You know, most people think that they're going to be there's this endless period where all of a sudden you're 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 just you're never going to be put back together. Right. It take mm -hmm. the time for that. And I think it's counterintuitive because what ultimately happens, like whether or not you work on your body, you work on your spirituality. Right. You work on whatever. If you invest, do real work, real training right mm -hmm. for your your cog your mental state your mental health man you're building yourself up every time you you're gaining insight that you wouldn't normally have and i think what ultimately happens is that confidence in you becomes more better than it ever was before yeah because you can start to say Wow, I know why I'm why my fear is getting me. I know why my my social anxiety is high. I know why this is going on. I understand this. I know what my triggers are, and it just becomes this wonderful place to work through things. I believe. Mm -hmm. Do you moving forward in your life? Because I know you know you you went through that, and I saw you know. I mean, we've been friends a long time now. I saw a profound shift in you mm. and it was really beautiful and i just want to tell you how proud i am of you for going through it man oh, thank i you. mean when you were in the midst of it i remember you would tell me go see doc go see doc man it's the best thing ever and you really you know you came around and in such a powerful way and then you started vigilance right were you was the state you were in was it was it similar now to where you recognize, all right, I'm going to start this business, but I'm kind of on my own out there, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Before we have these great teams in our lives, we have all these people 
especially in the teams, right? Everybody's got a role, responsibility. You're the armor, I'm the medic. You know, everybody is expected to at least play those roles. And then in, in our community, if somebody needs help supporting that role, you jump in and give them assistance. That doesn't exist out here. No. So as you now have processed all this, you know, ability to manage, embrace your fear, you've developed, regained your self-confidence through this beautiful, this beautiful uh, um, work you did with therapy. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting vigilance, man. You're you're kind of you're out there on your own. Were you worried that you weren't going to have a team to support you in any way, or who were going to be your teammates in all of this? Well, when I started, uh, when I started Vigilance Elite, I, it was I was in their therapy. It was in the beginning because I just needed something to fucking do, and um, but. <clears throat> I didn't know who the hell my team was going to be, you know. At first, I thought it was going to be all operators. <laughs> and uh it worked for a little while. And then until it didn't, you know, and and uh and then and then I you know, I was like, "All right, well, I need I need an apparel guy and I need a a secretary and I need an assistant and a scheduler and a website guy, a marketing guy, you know, all these people. And, um, that didn't work, you know, <laughs> that didn't work either. And, uh, you know, some of that's my fault. Some of that's their fault. Um, you know, the whole, like, like I was saying earlier, the whole managing civilians doesn't work like it does in the military <laughs> or the agency. <laughs> So, <laughs> That's know. the greatest lesson I've ever lived, yeah. man. Is that right there, dude? If you think you're gonna manage a civilian like you're gonna manage an E4 and a platoon, yeah, you're out of your mind. Yeah, exactly. And that's it from what I've seen. You know, uh, I'm sure it worked great for people like Eric Prince, you know, <laughs> who had all operators under him. Right. But um well I, I I spent a lot of time over there and I'm going to tell you they had a lot of problems. Yeah. They 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 succeeded in spite of themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but um you know it didn't uh, the operator stuff that didn't pan out for me personally because um it's I had a real problem in my business with putting people this sounds horrible but on my level you know, what do you mean by that? I was used to the way the SEAL teams ran, where everybody's kind of equal until like someone like you know what I mean? And yeah. And you know, yeah. Like the until L they're not the LT and the chief, they're they can be part of the boys until it's time not to be part of the boys. Right. And that's how I was trying to run my business is I was going to be part of the boys. Until it wasn't time to be part of the boys, you know, and it's like, all right, now I got to do I I have to go do adult shit, like run my business. I can't just sit here and fuck off with every, all you guys and drink, shoot guns you know, and drink. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but I, what I've learned is what what happens is when you play the. With the boys thing, to, you know what I mean? I'm going to be part of the the crew too much. Then you lose that respect as a leader, you know. And um, it took me a long time to learn that lesson. 
Wow. It, it did. It took me a long time. Like you cannot engage, you know, like you used to be able to, you know, with your team. Yeah. You are the fucking leader and you are the example and you have to, you know, put yourself, you have to, you have to act like that. You can't be part of the boys when it's, you know what I mean? And then not. Right. Because then they get resentful. And, uh, and, uh, that, that, it just didn't work for me in the civilian in the civilian sector to lead like that. Um, it, I mean. it, you know, it, it, it's interesting leadership. And just real quick before we, we jump back into leadership as it relates to building teams is I just got to give a quick shout out to to people that are on my team right now for right Front Logic podcast. I'm sorry to do this, buddy, but uh, my team for sure is is one of them is on it. Right. Uh, again, uh, I got to tell you, uh, since meeting Aubrey Marcus a few years ago, um, on it has been uh, a very interesting part of my growth, right? Uh, Aubrey likes to talk about human optimization. And for me, being the fact that I'm a tired old crusty seal, I think I'm like 129 in seal years. My knees are shot. My neck is shot. I, I, I'm not going to get in there and start slinging weights around like Tim Kennedy does. And God bless that dude. He's harder than woodpecker lips. God bless. I love it. Uh, but I, I can't do that stuff anymore. Now, I probably could, but I just don't. My body's a little jammed up. So, you know, I, I have to find the places that would make the impact for me. And one of those places that I always need help with, I believe, is, is my memory and my focus. Uh, as a person that writes uh, motivational content every day, uh, producing motivational ideas and thoughts, a lot of philosophical ideas, uh, a lot of theoretical concepts that go within the human condition, I have to be clear and focus. And, and many times as a result of, of years of, of playing contact football, <laughs> years of, of playing contact uh, uh, bar, bar sports, as well as the amount of blast that I was in proximity to in the SEAL teams, I always worry that my memory or focus is slipping. But every morning I wake up, I, I, I tell my fiance I love her. I put my feet, my tired feet, and kind of stretch and hobble to go take a, uh, relieve myself in the morning. And I go over, I, I pull out my alpha brain, and I take an alpha brain. I have a couple drops of uh, CB oil and drink a big glass of water, and I start my day like that. And I find that it's really enhance my ability to where I'm not ping-ponging from ideas all over. Like, you know, one pops up and, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. And and I'm not able to stay focused in one specific thing for an extended period of time. Well, on its alpha brain, their, their benchmark cornerstone product out there has been a, a, a real benefactor for me. I, I have my uh, cognitive alacrity has improved. I think my my ability to stay engaged in one particular thing for an extended period of time is is enhanced considerably, uh, and I just think it's a it's a quality it's a really great product. Um, what I want you to do is is don't necessarily well take my word for it go try it, but really get in there tell them I sent you over there Frog Logic right, and check it out and try this and see what it does now. It, 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 I, trust me, if 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 this was all I was repping, you'd know it. In fact, I I I 
I'm a big proponent of their gut health. I've had a lot of gut issues in the past uh, from my time overseas, I believe, stuff that the VA still hasn't figured out what the hell's going on, but I'm hoping to get down to that. i got to give them a stool, another stool sample here soon. But hopefully with, with Onnit's gut health. Make sure you get the right address. <laughs> it's going to do that. But I take the gut health. I do Alpha Brain. I, I do their power foods. I do... Uh, their their butters, I MCT oil. I'm 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 fully immersed in the Onic products, man. And because I I believe the the science the scientists that got together that Aubrey found the medical doctors the testing they did is all on the up and up. It's legit products, uh, and and I think it would enhance your life if you were to try them out. Uh, start out with Alpha Brain. So head over to Onnit.com. That's O N N I T. Head over to Onnit.com. Tell them I sent you. And get yourself a little Alpha Brain, test it for 30 days, see if it works, see if there's a difference. And I'll tell you what, I, I bet you there will be because I know it's had a, a huge impact on me. Um, the second team that's been a huge part of, of Frog Logic over the last six months is, is Wise Company. And now uh, I know, Sean, you live out in the middle of nowhere now. I'm sure you have an underground bunker built. I'm sure you're, uh, you've stockpiled. <laughs> And you've got a lot more than like a sensor on that one. You have the punji pits around that one, don't you? <laughs> right. So, so, but in that bunker, I guarantee I, over the next couple months or, or weeks, hopefully, next time I got up, we're going up to his wedding here soon. I want to talk about that eventually. Don't let me forget. Um, since I am the minister, but uh, I want to bring up, I'm going to bring you a couple buckets of wise food, man, because this, uh, if you're a prepper, uh, and granted, we've spent the majority of our adult lives preparing for the worst possible day you could ever imagine to happen downrange overseas. But have you prepped for the worst possible day here in America? Are you ready for the next hurricane, earthquake, wildfire, snowstorm, uh, uh, EMP to go out? Hell, are you ready for the zombie apocalypse? Because the number one thing, aside from water, that you got to consider is what your food source is going to be. Now, this is uh, the best freeze-dry product on the market. Uh, up to 25-year shelf lives and many of their products. Um, I'm telling you, I've tried just about everything they offer on their website at wisefoodstorage.com. Uh, uh, and I'm, I, this is a place that you're going to get quality stuff. I've, Like I said, I've tasted everything. It blows the balls off of all the MREs I've ever eaten. And, and then there's maybe... Uh, one or two single products from other groups out there that even come remotely close to how good this stuff tastes. So uh, I'm telling you, if you want peace of mind, because you cannot predict when the next catastrophic event is going to happen. You cannot predict at what level it's going to affect you and your family, but you can be prepared, right? So uh, I, you, you got to go out there. And, and So I'm telling you what, take, you know, get some peace of mind. All right, get out there. Uh, and here's the deal. When you go to wisefoodstorage.com, right, and that's that's the place where they have everything you can think. You can do uh, uh, weekend three-day survival packs, weekend survival kits. You can do uh, you can do one-month kit. Hell, you can do one-year kits. Go over there, you know, go see. I'm telling you, go to the website, wisefoodstorage.com, uh, in your promo code, when you check out, type in Frog Logic, and you're going to get 25% off everything they have. That's everything. 
right? And they've got these beautiful camping meals. They've got back, you know, all this emergency stuff. They've, but the food is what you want. The preparedness food, right? The stuff that's going to save you and your family's life. That's the stuff you go buy. Type in Frog Logic in your promo code, 25% off, free shipping, and a 90-day money-back guarantee that you can't beat anywhere else, right? This is a great American company that will produce you with the greatest peace of mind you've ever had. That's Wise Company. Just go over to wisefoodstorage.com, tell them, type in Frog Logic, 25% off. Man, I promise you, you're going to love it. All right, sorry about that. I, I you got to... Got to make sure I acknowledge my team out I'm going to have to try that Wise Foods for sure. I'm telling you, it's squared away, dialed in. I'm going to send you I'm gonna send you some, all right? And you check it out, you let me know what you think. I definitely will. Cool. I'll, I'll write a review. Really? Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, I'll write a review. It better uh, be good, though. Bro, I wouldn't lie to you. Do they have gummy bears? Oh, they have THC gummy bears. That's not true. They do <laughs> not have THC gummy bears. <laughs> They don't do that, all right? Just kidding. All right. All right, brother. So listen, we've, we've gone through fear, right? We talked about the fear, what got you in, the fear in the teams. We talked about the movement with fear and peer evaluations, peer reviews, the transition out, the ability to how your self-confidence takes a, a, a ding on that, all right, and, and finding therapy in order to build that self-confidence up every day to manage and embrace that fear, and then the transition from, you know, the teams to nothing and creating your own team for Vigilance Elite. And then how you manage those teams. I mean, that's that's a, that's a very challenging thing. But I, I know this from my own personal, and I think you and I are similar in a lot of ways, is that, you know, when, when you create the teams for your life, right, the teams that are going to support you with this um, – the real meaning of life, which is to have purpose, right? We all have to have purpose. If you don't have purpose, it's the fastest route to um, um, higher states of confusion, uh, dysfunctional uh, behavior, social anxieties, all these other things. But when you have clear purpose in your life, it gives you, um, it, it anchors you to your ability to withstand the pain of life, right? To walk that that pathway of life, that pathway of pain, if there's a purpose on the other end. So how would you describe your purpose now? I mean, what is, what is it that when Sean wakes up, right, in your bunker, up, up, up there in the Tennessee area, uh, you have your, your beautiful fiance, Katie, with you. Um, you've got, you know, a, a few select close friends. What is the thing that drives Sean Ryan to be the man you are and, and, and what, what is, what's in the future for you? What is your purpose and how are you going to live that purpose out? Well, I mean, my primary purpose is to, uh, you know, be the best husband I can be to Katie and best friend I can be to, um, you and the select few other friends that I have, um, which, can be challenging, you know, but very rewarding, and I uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but other than that, um, if you want, are you talking business or? I'm just talking in general, man. The way you approach your life when you wake up, the things that 
you know, force you to um, go a different direction. You know, I, I know, um, you know, with Vigilance, you, you know, when you started your YouTube channel, man, I remember when you, we were talking and you're like, man, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm like, wow, this is how hard it is and this is what it is. And I've been I've been doing it for 10 years and I only got this and you have to it's a content monster. You're like, yeah, I think I got that. And here we are a year and a half later. I'm staring at your channel right here as I speak. You were just on the phone. There were a thousand people in an open chat discussion with, you know, with a video about one of your videos. And I'm looking at your subscribers and it's 316,436. That's a massive amount of people that have checked on board to experience uh, or not to experience per se, but to um, be available to your opinions on on everything from what it started out as guns, what's in your your EDC, your but now, I mean, brother, you you're you're doing videos about you know don't be a dick, yeah. social anxiety. I mean, the next one you're gonna do is 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 you're gonna you're gonna do a, a video with a therapist, you know, talking about therapy, I assume, or something. I don't know. Is that where Vigilance Elite is going? You know, is that your next purpose? I so the purpose is tricky, you know. I lose How so because when I start to get bored or I see a ceiling. Usually it's when I see a ceiling, you know, whether it's a financial ceiling or an exposure ceiling, I get extremely fucking bored and uninterested once I see a ceiling. And so I'll shift focused or sometimes I just get bored, you know, and um, so I shift focus, which might mean my entire purpose changes. But um, right now, vigilance, I just... The one one thing I've learned and I've heard this a million times in business is, you know, you got to be having fun. If I'm not having fucking fun anymore in my business, I'm not doing it. Period. You know, I'll, there is no leeway because, I mean, you know, we had I interviewed Mike when I was on that, you know, PNQ podcast and Mike Rowe, famous guy. And one of the big things he talks about is, hey, man. You know, this whole thing that's being spewed out to our youth of America is, you know, follow your passion and, and you know, follow your dreams. And his whole thing is, hey, man, you know, if you're earning a good living mm -hmm. and, you know, be passionate about earning a good living. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be this grand sense of elation every time you go to work or do something. Yeah. You just, you're, that's what you do. Yeah. So... I think the reward, though, you have to be, you know, and if the reward is, you know, financial and that's it, then so be it. If that's what drives you, that's not what drives me. What does drive you? I think what drives me more than anything is helping people. You know, I, I enjoy seeing the the progress that people make and, and um, it just like, you know, when we did that TNQ podcast, and, uh, you know, I really opened up on there. You got me to open up about shit that nobody's ever heard, you yeah. know, about me. And I, that was, what, a year and a half ago, yeah. I think? Yeah. And I still get emails all the time about uh, about that. And that, and I can't answer them all, you know, but when you see the, the impact that you've made on 
people's lives. 250,000 people on that video, you know, <clears throat> and in a channel that you have 316,000 subscribers and, you know, close to 40 million views. I mean, if you put out good shit, people are going to pay attention. And, 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 and knowing that you're people, if people just pick up one thing or you save just one person that's on, you know, on the fence, on the fence there, I mean, it's all worth it. And, uh, it purpose, it makes me feel good, you know? And, and, and that's the great iron. And that's, I, I gotta tell you, it's the thing that I love most about watching you. Cause I know, you know, and, and for people watching or listening right here, you know, Sean and I get on the phone once a week, once every two weeks, and we sit there and we bitch and moan to each other about how frustrated, real good at that. <laughs> how frustrated <laughs> we are with 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 what we do next and how we do it and what's the important stuff. But I I think it always comes back to this real amazing component of 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 service and what that looks like, right? I mean, it's what got you ultimately in the military. You wanted to feel a truer self-confidence about being a part of a great team servicing America. Now you've created a great, you know, team in vigilance and now you're serving this following that you have, these people. And I think by this really substantial shift in in going from, you know, what what is how does this Glock shoot right? Yeah. How, you know how does this tourniquet? Where I mean, I, that can stuff can get stale for anybody, even yeah. though even the viewers. I mean, and there's you know fifty gazillion dudes doing that shit. But if you know if you mix in or actually shift focus to these very profound things that what we're seeing, you're seeing is so many people are dealing with. People really respond to that. Yeah. And, and that's a that's a driver for purpose. It it force it enables you to work through the challenges of all the other stuff and keep doing it. I want to ask you something. So many people don't know this about you. Uh, maybe they do. Maybe they don't. I don't think they do. But you're the dude that introduced me to Peggy, mm -hmm. right? And and you know Peggy, thank you so much for your entire help. Peggy's the the woman who enabled me to work through the process of my VA claim, get my disability, go through the whole thing, the, and, and the just agonizing experience that was for three years. How many other guys, and I know you stopped counting after a while, how many, how many people, how many guys, teammates, random guys, guys you met in the, in the, at the agency, how many people have you put in touch with Peggy and helped get their benefits? Oh man. You know, I honestly have no idea. I, I I was a long time ago. I kept like a little bit of a tally, but that was like is it fifty? No, seventy five. It's probably hundreds. I wouldn't say hundreds, but I would say we're we're probably right around a hundred. But then there's all the people that you've referred. Oh, and all the at least twenty guys referred, I've pushed to know? to her as well. So yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, and you know, then I don't know why I was keeping tabs. You know, I was probably kind of that's proud what team of it. guys do. But you um, should be proud of it. But, Think of uh, all those lives that you saved. Yeah. Well, they saved them, not me. But um, it, you, you know this that in in the totality of all positive experience 
There yeah. needs to be a spark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be something that triggers the experience. And yeah. you were that trigger for all of these human beings. Do you, do you ever get upset sometimes that, uh, you know, people sometimes feel are, are a little ungrateful or don't necessarily come back and give you the thanks or give Peggy the thanks you definitely think she deserves or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I kind of, you know, that's part of the reason why I stepped back. Right. Um, it really fucking pissed me off when uh, I would see guys go through that wouldn't give her, you know, thanks. And uh, let alone me. I mean, all I did was just get them in. Right. The door and show them the way. And then they take care of the rest. But, um, yeah, you know, they're... I mean, that that shit drove me insane. And, uh, yeah, that's one of the things that I struggled the most with was, was resentment. And I still struggle with it mm -hmm. because, you know, you bend over backwards for somebody. And then, you know, I mean, unfortunately, most humans are just fucking shitheads. <laughs> and uh, they don't want to give you... I don't believe that, Sean. Yeah. So, and I don't think you're going to sell that on my show, right? All right. Should, should, we, should we throttle it down just a bit? Are, are you saying all people have a, a, a component of being a shithead in them? Or? I think people have a component of talking themselves into whatever they need or want. Yeah, and selfishness, right? Yeah. A narcissism that's kind of on yeah. there. Yeah, and I think that I, I've seen a, I agree. a whole lot of that. Right. And uh, it got to the point where I just didn't want to, I didn't want to feel that anymore, you know? So um, that now must be I can hard. do it online. That must be hard, though. I mean, with, I mean, with all the good that you're doing and, and the stuff that you're putting out and, and – you know, I'd love to see something you do something about the VA, and I'd love to see you do something, you know, that shows the system. And maybe you go interview Peggy, or you do something, and you follow some dude in through the whole system in the process, and maybe expose the VA. I'd love to see you do that. But you know, now you're you're you have this direct to consumer sense of service, right? You post a video, there's an immediacy, mm -hmm. right? You're connecting directly to them. Um, is it, is it, is it hard because there's a, there's a component of that I've learned and, and what I do is that when you put it out, you just have to kind of let it, let it go. Mm -hmm. But if you're good at what you do with staying connected to the people who are trying to be connected to you, you can get emotionally, not emotionally attached, like it, like they're your new best friend or you're going to start, you know, hanging oh, yeah. out. You can take a special interest right. in that for sure. Right. You know, I is mean, that hard too with the, how big everything's getting for you? It is. It's, and that like really, it sucks, man, because you see all these emails come in and it's people that are telling you how much you've helped them or maybe they need help. And I don't see them all. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't answer them all. I mean, they're literally, there's just not enough time in the day. Right. You know, or I do answer and then everything else stops. You know what I mean? So I, I answer as many as I can, but I mean, you can't, you just can't. I'm only one guy, you know? And, and um, what would you say to that, that young 
kid out there that's 21, 22 years old, dropped out of college. He can't find a job that he likes. He, he, he's, he's gravitated towards you and your attitude. What do you tell that kid who all he wants is, is, is some kind of validation from you or all he wants is some kind of for you to be like, you know, for Sean and Ryan to respond to his direct message on Instagram and say, go do A, B, C, D, E, and F. Go do this. What do you, what do you tell those kids right now? I mean, I don't ever do say, uh, you know, if it's a real advice thing and they want some real advice, you know, that it, that can't be that. I, I don't feel like I think everybody has a uh, it would have to be a little more in depth. You know, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, it's you just, have to cultivate a relationship. Yeah. You need the backstory. You need to understand their personality. So so what you believe is that in as you're living out this bigger sense of service, this bigger purpose, right, to provide something that benefits other human beings, there is a limitation to it for you emotionally, though, and there needs to be. Or... Or is there, is it, can, can it become a whole different thing that you don't even, haven't even dreamed of yet? Is that what you want? Is, are you excited about the possibilities of how connected and how much help you can give people? Or is it a little bit, is it back to that sense of fear? Uh, I don't fear it. Really? No. Not even a little bit? No. You don't fear those, those emails saying... Sean, I'm, 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 I want to commit suicide. Help me. What should I do? You don't fear those emails? Cause I mean, those scare the shit out of me. Yeah. I was, I mean, when I see them, I respond to them, you know, but I mean, that's, I mean, unfortunately that's out of my control. Right. You know, and, uh, it is not my fault if somebody commits suicide and I, I have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm doing as oh, much as I can. I do. Yeah. I'm doing as much as I can. And if I see that, then yeah, I respond to it uh right away. I mean, you know, I mean and 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 sometimes we police each other. I remember sending you comments yeah. that I yep. saw on yours. Yep. I mean you can't, you know yeah. I mean and and sometimes people understand it, sometimes they don't. A lot of times they do understand it because in half the DMs it'll say, as you know, I know you'll probably never read this, yeah. but you know, and then you respond. And um, but you know, I mean, shit, you know, it's you got two Instagram platforms with a combined of about 150,000 of YouTube with 312,000 subscribers and then you know, email accounts, I mean, Facebook you, accounts. You're coming up on impossible. a half a million people paying yeah. attention to you right now. So it's Is that is that does that is the does the pressure of that ever get to you? Does the pressure that I, I know the content monster gets to you because it gets to me, right? Yeah. You every every you're always having to come up with something new to put out, and that's challenging, right? Right. But does the pressure of the do you ever whittle it down in into the numbers that there are half a million people waiting for me to do something? Yeah. Yeah. It gets to me. It that gets to me. And you'll start getting emails. Where's the next this? Where's the next that? Why aren't you doing this? And and um, unfortunately, that builds my resentment up. And it makes right. me not want to post. Because yeah. 
nobody pays me to do this. Yeah. You know, this is free self-help that I'm putting out here, and mm -hmm. I want to help people. But when you demand, it just, I won't post. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Isn't oh, Isn't okay. it funny that, that people, that, that, and I think we all get like this. Once we find a good source of positivity, right? Mm -hmm. We find something that feeds that that despair or the suffering that we're experiencing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I love doing the videos with you, right? Because we're we're doing it. We have a comedic approach. We're trying to make light to it. We're trying to, you know, have fun. Yeah, we've done the serious thing with the other podcasts and this for sure. But there's always a a sense of that when we get together, we're providing you know, this, this content that, that has an impact, that's a positive impact. But man, once people get a taste of it, there's a, a need internally mm -hmm. and they want more and they deserve more and they, you need like, and, and it's amazing how that happens. And it's like, wow, you know, you, I always suggest when I get those, you know, why aren't you doing more of this or that? I, I always say, Hey man, there's a lot of people out there that provide really great content. Go search for them. Right? Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I try and 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 recognize. Hey, I appreciate your 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 support of what I'm doing, but there's a lot of information, mm -hmm. and I'm all you know, like you. Uh, you know, I, I, luckily I have John. She helps me with a bunch of stuff, but it's what pops into this brain that I'm gonna do next. And yep. And that's a lot of pressure to deal with. I mean, it's, you know, people always, I think one of the things when you're talking about purpose, really in that, you know, that up, that up here to serve other people, right? And that's, that's our purpose, I think. And, and, and then how we do it, it, it's still within that purpose, you bear a burden, right? So, you know, with these new style of videos that you're moving towards and the new conversations that we're having about new possibilities for you what about that stuff is really exciting to you it is there's a lot of stuff that's really exciting one is the shift you know i mean the last video that i did you know the uh the social anxiety one i mean i'm not an expert on this at all you know i just know what has worked for me and putting that out and to see how many people are interested in what and what helps me i mean that is uh that's like it's it's pretty cool it's really you know? cool yeah. and then also on top of that the shift from my normal content which is gun content right you know it's you know gun reviews and gear reviews and how to shoot and tactics and all kinds of sh all kinds of shit right and to see the shift because it and that going back this goes back to well when i get bored i i shift focus and i create you know a new purpose or all you know um it's funny i i just i think about it you know and i'm staring at your hat and it's vigilance elite man there's just as much vigilance we need for our mental health. Yeah. There's just as much vigilance we need for our emotional health, right? But yet we'll spend all this time, money, and effort for our physical security and health, right? You know, I'll go out and I'll buy a, a five thousand dollar new AR, right? And yeah. and ten thousand dollars worth of rounds and go to these ranges or come hire you for 
a days of training at the highest level, right? You know, but what am I spending on my mental health? Yeah. What am I spending on my emotional state of being, you know, and, and, and what am I doing for that? And, and I think what's really unique about, you know, us having the courage to us to to go after these new i don't want to call it genre these new uh these new firing lanes if you will right <laughs> these new uh things it really creates a cool opportunity for us to explore different ways to provide content too. Like I'd love to see an everyday pocket when you're in the middle of social anxiety, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you dump out then, right? <laughs> what's your what's your EDC for social anxiety, yeah. right? Yeah. It's certainly not your, you know, your 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 blade, your 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 light and your, you know, your whatever, your brass knuckles, you know. Yeah. <laughs> for me it's a it's my bible, right? Uh, 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 some CDB and yeah. <laughs> you know whatever it is. It's it's really uh, it's cool though, man, and and I mean uh, that particular video just stemmed from a Instagram question, you know, like uh, the story questions where you know you put it out there, people type a question, you get notified, yeah. you answer it, and somebody asked if I uh, had issues with that, and I said yeah, and I posted it, and then all of a sudden my DMs just started blowing up immediately of people going, oh man, that helped me, and that I'm gonna try that, and blah blah blah, and I, I said, Psh, well man, I didn't realize this many people deal with that. How shit. many? How many do you think? Like, what, were you able to gauge, gauge a sense of how many people it was? What, I mean, were... that was probably over a hundred DMs off that one story. Wow. You know. And then, and then I sent some feelers out, and I did one on YouTube, a poll: Do you deal with uh, social anxiety? And seven thousand something people voted in it, and like seventy, I think it was seventy three percent said they they did, and uh, so I was like. Well, maybe I can help some people. So I did the video, and you know, we'll see how it does. It's pretty fresh, but um, that just—it's—it's it's cool to be able to, you know, hopefully that helps somebody. Well, I, I know it is, man. I mean, you—you've already set yourself apart from all the other guys out doing their, you know, thing. You—you you know, you—you you bring this wonderful humor to it. You bring a. a, a uh, somewhat of a, a abrasive uh, a truth to a lot of yeah. it, right? You know, um, but you bring who you are, and you follow what you believe is 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 an important part of of why your purpose is what it is, which is to help people. Yeah, and I and I think the overwhelming majority of of all the people that are following, paying attention, the real the real fans and the real followers, man, they much like me, just really appreciate. Uh, what you're doing, dude. It's it's a powerful thing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. You know, as time has gone on, I I just wanted to bring three, th three things. It's kind of like what I focus on. And one is I wanted to bring humor. That was the first thing I noticed. It's nobody uh, wanted to bring humor into anything. Everybody and, wanted and, to be so serious. Yeah, everybody <laughs> wanted to be such a tough guy. And uh, the second was I didn't I just wanted to be comfortable with who I am you know I wanted yeah. to be comfortable in my own skin I didn't want to if you see me out in public I don't want to have to like put a face on 
you know? Yeah. Like, what you see is what you get. And if you don't like it, there's the fucking door. Right. You know? And then the third one is just be real, you know? I mean, this social media, you know, YouTube, Instagram, face, all of it. It's all phony, fake, fucking bullshit. All of it. You, you're you're you convinced can that... You your teeth. You can get rid of your zits. You can make yourself <laughs> shoot fast. You can do 100 million takes until you get, you know, the sub-second from inside the waistband draw. <laughs> you know, you can do... Ready? Go. Where should I start? Sub-second draw. You can do... You can do, you know, you can do the 100 million takes until you get the sub-second draw and <laughs> on video. You can... I mean, everything on... You know, the fitness industry, you could... I mean, shit, you, they have apps now where you can give yourself abs, you know? And... <laughs> And, uh, you know, you can go put tourniquets around your arms until your veins are popping out and then take them off and, you know, show up on camera and it looks like you're just walking around. And I think uh, people have wisened up to that and they know what's real and what's not. Nobody's teeth are that white. You know what I mean? Nobody's skin is that smooth. Nobody shoots that damn fast all the time. And (laughs) and. Almost all of social media has just become this big phony fantasy thing of bullshit. Right. And uh, and what I noticed, uh, not even on purpose, is just by being comfortable in my own skin. And, like, if I fuck up on a gun review and I fling a shot, then I fling a shot. I don't redo it. I don't edit it. I don't do anything. I'm like, yeah, well, I fucked that one up. And people appreciate that. They're like... Oh, like this guy isn't Mr. Perfect like everybody else. And isn't that crazy? It is. Isn't it crazy how how when you get sucked into essentially the entertainment world in any capacity, right? It's it's about generating this this veneer, mm-hmm. right? The veneer, much like that exists in society, the veneer of our security, the veneer of the mental health issue, the veneer that you know, what we see and what we feel is exactly what it is, man. And it's just not the case. Yeah. We, we're, we're all so far from perfect. It's not even funny. Yeah. And so that's really been, I think, a, a huge component of your successful recipe. Did you always know that no matter what, that's how you were going to approach things? No. I just, I don't really know. I just, I've never been good at being fake you know and uh and then i really just realized how much of a need there is you know for people want to see some real shit Mm -hmm. they don't want the fake edited phony crap anymore they've wisened up to it because they can't they can't relate to any anyone right you know and then you put yourself out there a little bit and yeah you know yeah i fucking struggle with social anxiety yeah I tried to fucking kill myself. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I ruined all my relationships. All that stuff. You know, it's, and I'm, I'm human. Yeah. I'm a human being. <laughs> I, 
you know, and uh, and people relate to it. Yeah. In in a, in a big way, and uh, I mean, and it it you know what I think it does is it builds a lot of trust, because if you're gonna put yourself out there like that, and you're gonna open up and you're gonna be real and show flaws, whether it's flinging a shot or you know, like the real personal stuff that I've talked about. Yeah. I mean, it builds people, people trust you. you well, know? for me, it's been a massive component of our relationship together is that there's, you know, you're one of the very few people that I have, you know, a hundred percent confidence and trust you, you know? And it's because when you, when you look, when, you know, me, I'm, I'm captain love guy. I, everybody I tell I love them I give them hugs I'm just that's what I want how I want to live my existence I don't want to be in the other space but I know when you tell me that yeah man I love you too or you say it to me online it like that rips through me it's because I trust it because I know that's who you are yeah do do you have and and we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up now but as you move forward and you've been through all these things, man, I mean, you have been through a lot of stuff, right? From from that young, you know, impetuous, you know, kid who was challenged and, you know, <laughs> guns, porn, and firecrackers, right? Every, from, right? every kid should have a stash of guns, porn, and fireworks. <laughs> I, I, I'm not an advocate of that. I just want everybody to know I, I don't believe that that's a necessity at all. In fact, uh, I will. N- Doc Frog will never be promoting that concept. But, <laughs> but the truth is, man, I had. I, I didn't have any guns. I didn't have any guns, but I definitely had a stash of of, of porn and firecrackers and some booze for sure. Yeah. Right? Uh, but you know, from that point all the way to where you are now, man, you've been through a tremendous amount. Um, do you feel like now you're finally set up? for that next level in your life, that next uh, awakening, what to be a husband with that beautiful woman, Katie, you know, to hopefully become a father and, and, you know, are, 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 are you going to be prepared when, you know, your son or your daughter's stash falls down on your head? And, and are you ready for that with what you've gone through? Hell no. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> I think I'm as ready as I'll ever be, <laughs> but I don't think I'll ever be ready. And you know, yeah. am I right? I mean, you have four girls. I, I, I every day I'm just I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and <laughs> man, I I can read every every child psychology book on the planet, and and I still catch myself frustrated and confused and looking to Jana for an answer she doesn't have, and we're just kind of figuring it out together. You know, and I think that's the beauty of of great relationships. It's the beauty of, you know, of of having people you can trust that you can bounce ideas off of. Yeah, I guess in short, I can't wait to get started, but I don't know if I'm ready. You know, does if that makes sense? It makes total sense. So, yeah. Well, Sean, thanks, brother. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, I, I can't even. Uh, one, I can't even begin to tell you how proud I am of you. Um, just in the short time, you know, last few years, what you've been able to accomplish and do and what you're doing for other people, it's inspiring to me. You're one of the main people in my life that I, I wake up every day and I and I think to myself, Sean's out there doing it. I need to get out there doing it too. So thank you, brother. I love you. 
I love you too, man. Thank you for having me and uh, for every, all the help you've given me. I mean, that means a lot. Amen.